This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hi, this is Sister Miriam James, and we are excited to announce to you that we are going to do one more document study before season three ends. So on June 4th, we are going to officially begin a three-part series on Pope Francis's new apostolic exhortation titled Gaudete et Exultate, which is awesome because it means rejoice and be glad. And it's on the topic of the call to holiness in today's world. So you can find this document in a variety of places. You can find it for free on the Vatican website. You can find it on amazon.com. You can find it on the Pauline, the daughter to St. Paul Pauline online bookstore, which is pauline.org. And you can find it probably in your local Catholic bookstore. So we just wanted to give you a heads up and let you know we're going to start that so you can purchase your copy of Gaudete et Exultate and join us on the journey. So we're looking forward to beginning that with you on Monday, June 4th. So grab your copy and join us. We'll see you then. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for all of you who are on the journey with Jesus Christ like we are. My name is Sister Miriam James and welcome to the month of May, a beautiful month dedicated to mamas and to women and to mothers. And so we're going to talk a bit about that, about our our loveliest mother, our mother, mother of Jesus. So I'm going to officially introduce that by welcoming once again my two lovely mamas <laughs> on the podcast, uh, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. Michelle, how are you, mama, mama of six? You've had quite a journey lately with your kids, especially, huh? Um, yes, I'm tired. I am really tired. <laughs> we have had a very full couple of weeks, and then I have a child that has a stomach bug that has been throwing up for two days, oh. and a husband that is out of town. So that combination mm-hmm. is... Uh, powerful, yeah. Um, sleep deprived. <laughs> powerful. That's one word for it. That's the edited version of what that <laughs> feels like. It is like you totally, um, yeah, measure success in a different way when you're dealing with a child with a stomach bug or anything like that. You're like, I, I was able to clean up all the vomit this time, not just part of it. Clay, exactly. Like I'm only down to one load of laundry, but. <laughs> Yeah, it is all good. All good. I'm just, I think I'm on my third cup of coffee already today and it's 11 a.m. Yeah. So yeah, okay, life is good. How about you, Heather? Uh, I'm doing good. The weather is brightened up, which it, just everybody in British Columbia is happy right now, I swear. It's like the sun has come out and everything is starting to bloom. So it's super beautiful. Like I went for a drive yesterday and oh gosh, just the mountains, the trees are all popping, the flowers are out drove by the Tulip Festival, and they are in full bloom. It is, yeah, gorgeous up here, which is just good for the soul. It's like no matter what's going on, even in the difficulties of life, there's so much beauty around, and God's presence is just very, you know, clear to be seen right now. So, yeah, grateful. How are you, sister? Mm. Doing well, doing well. I'm still grateful that the time we got to spend together several weeks ago up in Canada, and yeah, been on the road, been in Milwaukee, and about to head out again to Epley to a women's conference and then to a priest uh, convocation to speak there to the priest as well. So, yeah, it's all good. It is all good. Okay, so we are going to talk about a beautiful woman today. We talk about beauty. We talk about femininity a lot, which is convenient because we're women. And uh, But this month and the month of May, we're going to actually talk about our Blessed Mother. And we're just going to kind of just 
talk about who she is and, and, and how she's our mother. And we're going to just kind of frame this whole thing with a quote from uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen from his book, The World's First Love. He says this, he says, Mary, she existed in the divine mind as an eternal thought before there were any mothers. She is the mother of mothers. She is the world's first love. And he'll go on to say in, later on that book as well of how, you know, as a little child, I remember I was at a retreat a couple years ago, and this woman at the retreat brought her little boy. And he was in the process of while she was listening to the talks, he was drawing. And what he did is he ended up drawing a picture of her. And <laughs> she had no neck, and her arms were coming out of her head, and she had like a little... <laughs> square dress and the whole the whole you know little drawing was a rather scratchy but he presented it and i bishop fulton Sheen talks about that but i i saw it in real time he presented it with such joy to his mama and said this is you and you know for him she's the most beautiful thing ever and that drawing of her was the closest thing that he could capture to her uh but it's really true when we think of mothers we think of the perfection and we think of not perfectionistic but the perfection of all we desire our mothers to be uh Mm. that is who our our blessed mother is because she is the mother of jesus so um i don't know i just loved because we're going to talk about spiritual maternity and physical maternity you know every woman every woman is called to be a mother that's the natural progression of who she is as as a feminine person as a woman some women are spiritual mothers, some are physical, some are both. And so all of us ladies, uh, all of us are called to the, ultimately what a mother is, is a woman who gives the gift of herself, right? She's, mm-hmm. She refuge, she's a, her heart is a refuge for others to be fed, to be nurtured, and she's, she's attentive to the person and she gives the gift of herself. So that's really in essence what what a mother is. So maybe Heather, if you want to just share a bit about kind of your experience of motherhood, because I know you're both a physical and a spiritual mother to many and kind of just guide our listeners to that. And maybe also how you relate to our blessed mother in, in that role as well. Yeah. You know, I had shared a little bit about this on the retreat, just my nervousness before I, I gave birth to our first child, Maria. Um, my nervousness that I wasn't maybe going to be a good mother. You know, I have a great mother, and I I could see what it takes to be a good mother, and I really was so nervous. I was like, I haven't been around babies. I'm the youngest in my family. I don't have a lot of extended family. I didn't babysit. You know, I just have no experience. Am I going to love this child enough? Because she's going to need so much love. Am I going to be able to provide that for her? And I remember when she was born, you know, I was just so overcome with emotion and and it surprised me it just shocked me like how deeply I felt for this little person that I had never felt before for any other little person and it it was just so surprising to me and in the following days you know she Maria had jaundice and so she had to have the little gloves on and the guy was saying well she can't take off this eye mask or she'll go blind under these lights and just everything he was telling me I was just a wreck like I just was tears all over and I kept looking at Jake going what is happening to me you know what's happening like I'm just so wrecked by this little girl and I don't even know her really yet and um what happened to me really I feel like my heart just got ripped wide open when I had Maria. And that experience of being able to give life and then nurture. And even in those early days, you know, of every mother knows this stage where you're at home and you 
have this baby who is crying through the night and you're tired and you're nursing and you're at the end of yourself and postpartum things and you just feel like I can't give another ounce. And to me, I learned in those stages, like this is what real love is and this is what really bonds you to your child is because you've laid your whole life down for them, for another person. And motherhood to me is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to me. And that because my heart has expanded in that way um, to love more, it I feel it extending every, <laughs> you know, it's like every year, every new season, like my heart just keeps expanding. Like, as you said, not to just encompass my own children, but to encompass, you know, my God children, like other children in our community, um, and just young women too, you know, like there's just a spiritual motherhood that I'm able to offer because God has opened up this, it's like a new category of love, you know, um, which I can think whether you're called to be a physical mother or not, there comes a stage in your maturity and your journeying where God wants to expand your heart to be able to offer, you know, provision and the nurturing and just that maternal, like, love and care and gentleness for another person. And, um, I I am so grateful for the gift of motherhood that I've been given in my life that's been offered to me and also that I'm able to offer, you know, to other people. How about you, Michelle? Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, there's been a couple articles that have gone around and even with a lot of them about This Is Us, the TV show This Is Us, about a crisis of fatherhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they see the character of Jack and This Is Us and it just, um, there's a longing for this fatherhood and the fathers to step in. And, um, you know, for um, just a resurgence of the call to fathers in their hearts turning back to their children. But when it comes to mothers, there's always the stability of a mother, You know, and that may be some people's experience or may not be some people's experience. But I remember watching a video of the Academy Awards acceptance speech and it was a montage of the different videos. And it was like, and I would like to thank my mother and I like to thank my mother and I would like to think it was Mm. always the mother, Mm. you know, that because I think she is such a strong foundation, you know, because she is life giver, you know, a mom is a life giver and it gives life um, to us in physical and spiritual and emotional ways that we are all longing for. And there's something, um, you know, that we all long in that motherhood. And it doesn't have to be um, where you actually have, you know, your own physical children. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I've realized more and more that I need other women to come alongside me and help me mother my children um, just as much as I need anything else. Like Sister Miriam, I mean, I really couldn't have in the last couple of years mothered my children the way I need to without her guidance and help and intercession, especially my children that have been adopted. Um, she just has such a keen insight and um, observation and counsel when it came to that and her intercession to cover my children in prayer as I'm trying to cover them in prayer and in some situations not, you know, want to physically harm them because they're driving me crazy. <laughs> but um, Keeping it real. Just, truth be told, yeah. y'all. Truth be told. And so, I mean, I must have said the last two weeks because one of them is pushing my buttons. You know, God's mercy is renewed every morning, but mine is not right now. So, you know, <laughs> like keep moving. Um, but just the power of a mother to speak life over her children, the power of a mother to mother other people. Like we mm-hmm. have a lot of people in and out of our house, a lot of young adults, and they just want – we all yearn for family. We all yearn for mother. We all yearn for father. And that takes different forms. It takes um, 
different relationships and to step in those and see where is God calling us to be spiritual mothers, physical mothers. And some of you are like, I'm already a physical mother. I'm too tired to be anybody else's mama. Like they can find their own mama, you know, but there's just a beautiful thing because it is bringing forth life. And I think Mary is such a good, I mean, she's the model representation. And for so long, I just found her totally unrelatable. I'm like, whatever, you don't have sin and you have one child. Give me a break. And your husband's <laughs> probably pretty cool and obedient. Um, no, sorry. You're not relatable to me. Um, but more and more as I discover her, it's just her absolute surrender and trust mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit and God the Father. That is what I just look at her and think, oh my goodness, she's the real deal. Um, and I had to come for me. I had to get over that she's not a doctrine to um, wrestle with or a doctrine to – because at the beginning, I was like, okay, why can't I just go to Jesus? Like, all right, let's bypass her. And now that I've become a mother, I realize that a Jewish mother can get a lot of things done, you know, like <laughs> – and she's a bossy yeah. woman and she can get a lot of things done. But I realized that she wasn't a doctrine to be wrestled with, but she was a person to be embraced by mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a mother to be loved by. And that she was fighting with me and for me and to love me and those around me. And that was a huge mind shift in my spirituality when it came to Mary. What about you, sister? God, that's just all so beautiful. Yes, she, and I think, you know, when you talk about, pe- when you talk to people many times, uh, people just struggle with the idea of Mary. And I, I'm so glad you said that, Michelle, because, you know, as Catholics, we we do not worship her. We do not worship her. So God, worship is ordered toward God alone. But we honor and reverence her because of, 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 her, of her being chosen by God. She was chosen by God himself. And you just think of there's nobody that loved Jesus more than she did. There's just nobody that loved him more. And she, and I love just the reality of even a woman becoming pregnant. You know, I think we've talked about this before, where when she becomes pregnant, the cells of the, the, the child of her, and stay in her body forever. Mm-hmm. The cellular memory she has well, for the rest of both of you as physical mothers have cells of your children in your body that will remain forever. And you just think of the melding of Jesus and Mary in that, of, of, of his divinity staying with. I mean, you can't even fathom that. Mm-hmm. And just this beautiful woman whose heart is poured out um, in such transparency and such kindness and such loveliness and such, and, you know, saying yes to God, having no idea what the whole journey would entail. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine them having to go to Egypt in the middle of the night and just, you know, after Joseph dies and she's a widow and, you know, as a, as a Jewish person, you know, as a woman, and when you're a widow, that just really is hard for you. And so then Jesus goes on mission. And, you know, you could just imagine where she's pondering these things in her heart. And I, too, had a very hard time understanding her. And for a long time, she was a one-dimensional kind of perfectionistic version of of whatever motherhood should be. And I just, I just couldn't relate to her. And I just, you know, my own journey with mothers, you know, it's just that I have had a lot of healing on those areas. And I remember many years ago, just kneeling before a statue of her a representation of her heart and just saying, I, I can't do this. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I can't do this. I need to know you as a person. Like, I need to know what it means to be a woman. I need to know what it means to love your son. I need to know what it means to be a wife and a spiritual mother. Like, I need to know. And what I found out is that she's a real person. And her only desire, dear friends, her only desire is to bring you closer to her son. She will never get in the way. She wants, just like any mother, she wants to take your prayers and clean them up and, you know, purify them and just present them, as St. Louis Marie de Montfort says, on a beautiful silver platter to her son. Like, she loves you. 
Mm-hmm. She's so exquisitely beautiful, so beautiful. And her beauty and her humility crushes the head of Satan, you know, and that was the whole plan that God would, as you know, humanity fell, that God would raise up a woman with whom he would give his son to and, and it would redeem the world. So it's just fast. I mean, she's glorious. Like I just, sometimes I weep over how beautiful she is. I just can't get over it. And that's know? what most yeah. people say, like where there's been apparitions, that's what they comment on the most and it's her beauty. Yeah. You know, she's just yeah. so beautiful, like, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Because she's full of grace, yeah. yeah. She's full of the, the she's full of the life of God. She's, and that's what every woman is called to be full of life—a life bearer and a life giver. And mm. that's what she is. And so she's this refuge. I, my favorite title. Uh, I love Queen of Peace. I love Seat of Wisdom. I love Our Lady of Guadalupe. But one of my favorite titles, if not my favorite, is Our Lady Refuge of Sinners. Mm. where she just, her heart is a refuge for you and I, for you and I to go to kind of cuddle up in her lap and just have her put her arms around us and just hear our hearts, you know, and she, she just so kind and she's a fierce man. She's a warrior. And I just, I love her. I I just, wow. You know, Mm -hmm. so. That's a good one. That's a good title. I think my favorite is, um, there's a lot that I like too, but star of the sea is one that I like because to me, like, the ocean is so vast and sometimes scary. Like, it's just so big, and you can lose your way very quickly, especially when there's no land. And, like, just seeing her as, like, a almost like a compass, like a reference point of guiding, you know, guiding you um, in the right direction, which is always towards her son, and the comfort of, you know, a star in the middle of, you know, a dark ocean. I don't know. I just... I, I love that term for her, and and I even love that song, like the Queen of Heaven, the Ocean Star. I I just love that little little song. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? What's your favorite term or? Um, I think I I like. Um, I mean, there are so many. You know, I can never choose one. I've always been drawn to Our Lady of Lords. I think because my grandmother, my whole dad's side of the family is from France. My great-grandmother was born in Avers. So that's where his family's from, where St. Bernadette is from. So for me, it was like a very easy transition, you know, for the French to love Our Lady of Lords and her power of healing and St. Bernadette and all of that. And, um, and you know, like St. Bernadette is incorruptible. And, man, she looks great for a dead person. So I always love that, <laughs> yeah, too. She, does. she looks great oh, for my... a live person, man. She looks <laughs> yeah, just... seriously. Like a hey, skin. Girl, like yeah, yeah, like, yeah, what moisturizer do you use? But anyway... <laughs> Um, my other one I loved, which I guess has come around because of Pope Francis is Our Lady Undoer of Knots. Uh, oh, that's a good I, one. I really love that one. And because man, I am the one that puts myself in a lot of knots or, you know, make a mess out of things. And so I love that she's there. I just see her like on the floor, you know, like when you're undoing things that your kids have tangled up, whether it be a yo-yo or shoes or whatever where there's all this string or when you're undoing lights or something like christmas lights like i just see her on her floor crisscross undoing all the knots that we make of life and you know and then presenting it to the lord and so you know put it on the make this crooked path straight so that is probably one of my favorite titles mm. yeah um, i think it's so important for us to move beyond like some of the images and the statue forms of mary that we yes. have in our mind of like yes she's just often not smiling you know very just um serious and stoic and i don't know there's even some videos that in all honesty kind of freaky like about our lady's apparitions that i don't think 
really display her heart. And one of the the greatest gifts for me has been just pondering her life in the scriptures and putting myself in those situations, you know, like making it real, like she's a human being, like she was a human being, you know, that lived and had emotions and had feelings. And she was a young person. And I think for me, her bravery in regards to saying yes to Jesus and her vulnerability, she was, she put herself in complete vulnerability in every situation with the Lord And that is so scary for most of us, you know? So obviously it speaks of the trust that she had, but I love her vulnerability that she was so young. She couldn't do any of this on her own and she just trusted her vulnerability with her heart, knowing that her son would die, you know, knowing the prophecies, knowing all of those things in the end, even still, she said, yes, just her open heart to whatever God's plan was. Um, Yeah. Her bravery is really inspiring to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so true. And just how she ushers in, you know, the Holy Spirit overshadows her and, you know, Christ is born, how she's ushering in Christ to be born in all of us. And she ushers in the Holy Spirit. And I was listening to Dr. Ralph Martin give a talk a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about the the desire for the coming of the Holy Spirit, you know, as we, as we celebrate Pentecost very soon. And he said, you know, Our Lady is on the forefront of, as the Holy Spirit overshadows her. She's the first person to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he said, as her role transitions from mother of Jesus to mother of the church, you see her up in the upper room with the apostles, once again, praying for a filling of the Holy Spirit. And so she, she be in, in that she has a transition becoming mother of the church, like where Jesus gives her, you know, woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. I mean, Jesus on the cross is giving his most precious possession to the world as a mother. And so she's praying for another filling of the Holy Spirit. And so just, I, this is a powerful woman, like what we're talking about in I think when, I know for a long time, rejecting my own kind of femininity, just what came about just through a lot of my brokenness or misusing my femininity or just all the fears that I would have, you know, I don't, we don't quite understand it myself of like, what does it really mean to be a woman? And you see her as this completely humble, completely open and not, but not a doormat. Somebody, somebody who's authentically humble is full of God. They know who they are. They're full of God. And so she's ushering in the Holy Spirit. And so I think really for us in this time in history, in this time of the church, I think one of the best ways that, you know, we can prepare for Pentecost is to really ask our Blessed Mother, like, send us the Holy Spirit, like, intercede for us that, that your spouse, she's a spouse of the Holy Spirit, would come upon us and fill us like he fills her, that our lives are set on fire with the love of Christ. And that really, that personal encounter with God, it's through the inflamed heart of a woman, hmm. especially when culture is so bent on a culture of death, that we as women reclaim the culture of life within us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, that changes generations, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Amen, girl. Keep going. You're on fire. I'm <laughs> just, just saying, y'all. That's it. <laughs> you know, just a couple things on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I think about now. <laughs> I just, you know, That's I think, awesome. yeah, I just love it. And I, I'm so glad you said that, Heather, about reorienting our idea of, I think for a long time, I had this idea that holiness was a very cold, kind of very judgmental, very critical spirit of like, oh, I'm holy and you're not. And I, what I'm so delightfully um, learning more and more as I grow is that, you know, holiness is wholeness, you know, being fully alive in grace. So in Christ and in Mary, like there is no 
criticism. There is no like condemnation. There is no, I mean, they're inviting us to, they're inviting us to heal our sin and heal our wounds in God, but it's that we have to have our idea of holiness shattered and again and again and again, because we have a truncated version of what it means to be holy and Christ lives life out loud. Like it is in four dimensions, you know? And so holiness is to be fully alive in Christ, to be fully mature, you know, fully kind, fully merciful, fully just, fully wise, fully beautiful, fully tender, fully strong, fully. So we have a long way to go on this orienting of of wholeness is our heart for the other person ultimately you know to love is to will the good of the other the heart for the other it's not about my own personal kind of preservation it's it's a heart like pope benedict says the heart that's pierced wide open to give itself away so that others can live Mm, i love that and i love the fully everything because i think that's a lot of what we're missing with our lady a lot of women can look at her and it's through our human eyes that we can distort and misunderstand and misinterpret what is going on so we can look at mary sometimes and go she's like to be mary and to be holy means quiet and submissive well that just like makes you know, some of us with our womanhood and feeling like, no, I'm called to be strong and I'm called to have a voice, you know, so then we struggle with with both of those tensions, right? But like you were saying, sister, she is fully integrated. Like all of these things are fully integrated. So yes, she has a stillness and a gentleness where she ponders things in her heart, but she's also fierce and strong and brave. And she used her voice and she, you know, like I think one of the biggest blessings of Our Lady is that she doesn't care if you notice her in your life because she's really ultimately pointing to the sun, you know, always pointing to Jesus. So I think she is so wildly active in each of our lives as a mother, just as I am in my kid's life. Um, and we may not recognize her activity there. What are some of your thoughts, Michelle? Yeah, I love that she's not this demure, wilting flower, I think, some of the times that we make her out to be. I think she is a strong warrior. I love that scene in The Passion of Christ where they're walking in the street and Mary's on one side and Satan's on the other, and they're looking at each other. And just that the intensity of that scene, and she is not backing down and he is not backing, you know, and it's just that warrior mother, you know, that mama bear look that you know, mm-hmm. which is the woman in Revelations. You know, I will put enmity between her and her offspring. And even Tolkien uses her as an example in the fight where, um, what is the character's name? Because I'm going to butcher it, sister. Is fighting Galadriel. Me. Galadriel. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Tolkien. My Tolkien scholar. Anyway... <laughs> When she's battling it, you know, and it said, you know, no man can defeat me, but, and she says, but no, this woman can, you know, and does the last blow, but she is. Oh, that's Aon, a- that you're talking about somebody else, but anyway, oh, yeah, that's Aon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The Aon in yeah. the very I'm end. No but man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just this warrior and that she is fighting. And it was really interesting when uh, we were going through the adoption process and we had to leave the children um, at the orphanage. We were going through the process in Haiti. At one time, David was really sick. He had tuberculosis. And then he got some other kind of illness when he was down there. And I couldn't be down there with him. And it was just – it was um, – you know, it was hard to leave him. Like I've told that story before. But then when he was sick – and you can't take care of your children. It was just this longing again. And it was such a comfort for me. I would pray, you know, it was like I felt Mary's intercession, but I've got him. And even though you can't be there, I'm, you know, I can, you know, be there spiritually close to him. And that's what she does. Like she covers, fills in the gap 
I feel like. And she does. And, you know, I have to think, like, she wasn't this demure little thing. I have to think she was a little bossy, sassy thing at some points, too. Because <laughs> Jesus would not have done his first miracle. He said, woman, it is not my time. And she's like, whatever. You're going to make change the water into wine. You know, I want to be like, she's probably thinking, this wedding is not fun. I need a drink. So do this, please. So, um, yes. And, you know, when he they had that little exchange. But she knew. Like, I always feel like she's in the details. She knows. And isn't that, like, all of us that know, like, sometimes, um, and this is not a derogatory thing, but sometimes women are really good at just finding the little details, those little extra areas of love and our feminine genius. And that is Mary. She fills in the details of our life, you know, and brings those to the attention of our Lord. Even though the Lord, you know, could go about and do it other ways, she's a um, tool for us, you Mm know, um, a beacon of grace for us. Mm-hmm. So, and definitely yeah. not one to be dismissed. You know, not like, one to be dismissed. It's like exactly, we're, not, we're never forced into relationship. You know, with God or with Our Lady, but it's an invitation, and it's a beautiful invitation. You know, and I think sometimes we forget how powerful she is, and what the Church teaches about her, and just what has been entrusted to her by God. God has entrusted certain things to her, and. Um, we have a friend who is a priest that's an exorcist, and one of the things that he said, as I've just asked, like about about the work that he does, he said one of the most um, powerful things is that everything to do with Mary is real, that the enemy just shudders in her presence, you know. And for me, hearing that, it was just another reminder of, you know, praying a rosary. It's not a flippant thing; it's a weapon. And it's a serious weapon when it comes to the enemy. Um, And we have so many things just at our fingertips that I think maybe we've lost touch with or can lose sight of or go, well, it's really just kind of boring. And we don't understand the spiritual impact because we don't have the eyes to see it. So, Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Amen. And, you know, that draws us into the deeply into the heart of God. And, yeah, she's she's you know, she's not somebody who's uh, looking at you telling you that you should fold your laundry different. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's somebody who comes alongside into your living room and folds your laundry for you. And she hears your heart and she delights in you. And she, her only desire, her only desire is to bring you closer to her son. Mm-hmm. That's it. She and just, I, I think she too, you. like for many of us who may have wounds in the area of mothers, you know, this is a powerful way that we can begin the healing journey is just to invite our lady to speak into those places and to be present in those places where we need a mother. You know, not not everybody has had a good mother. Not everybody has had the nurturing and the care um, and the tenderness that they've needed in life. But nothing is lost in the kingdom and all things can be restored. And that's where Jesus has given us this great gift. And I think also in spiritual motherhood, you know, like you may need to seek out a spiritual mother in your life and pray that God would send you one or be willing to offer that to somebody in your life as well. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, dear sisters, gosh, we're already at the end of our time. We could certainly go on for another hour or so, but shall we talk about our one thing this month? We talk about mothers and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, Michelle, you want to tell our listeners your one thing for the week? Sure. My one thing is we had a concert this week at our house, Jimmy Mitchell 
and some of his musicians and apprentices from Love Good Culture. And they're just doing amazing things to restore culture and bring music and art back into the Catholic hemisphere, but also in all venues. And that whole idea of restoring culture through music and literature and arts is so dear to my heart. And they're just doing amazing things. So I'm going to put their link up. Um, and I love that they're doing patrons for the arts. That is something I just think is so powerful and so needed because I think beauty restores um, culture more than um, one of the most powerful forces that can restore culture. So it is love, good culture. I'll put the link up. What about you, Heather? My one thing this week is fish tacos. <laughs> I just... You have a good recipe, too. That well, good. that was my friend who's my neighbor. And he just one night, he, he we just had a little gathering at his house. And he had all of this like mahi-mahi just frozen from Costco in individual packs. And I was like, what did you do? And he just defrosted it, threw it on his grill with some seasoning, and then had this whole spread laid out with like cilantro and rice and beans and guacamole and all the lime and all the things that you could put on it. And it was so delicious. And I can't get it off my mind right now. So fish tacos. I just want to encourage people, stretch yourself with this recipe um, to just do it because it's actually so easy and the tastiest thing you're going to have this spring. Nice, nice. Well, for me, uh, knowing that we were going to talk about Our Lady, I chose actually a piece of art and there's a beautiful um, piece of art by a religious sister and the title is officially called Mary and Eve, but it's often referred to as Mary Comforts Eve. Mm. And it's a beautiful painting of Mary with her hand mm. gently on Eve's cheek and taking Mary, taking Eve's hand and placing it on her womb. And uh, it's just a beautiful Mary's, you know, crushing the head of Satan. And just the, the look of kindness in Mary's eyes as she gazes upon Eve and almost telling her, yes, this, this happened, but this is not the end of the story. And the painting is covered in pears, and pears represent uh, Christ's love for us. And so it's mm. painted by a religious sister, and I just love it. So I'm just going to offer it to our listeners to kind of as a, a visual piece of beauty this week about just the tenderness and the um, solicitude which our mother has for us. You know, she just loves us so much, and her desire is to heal us and to bring us closer to her son. So, Mary Comforts Eve, y'all. Hi, this is Sister Miriam James, and I have something really cool to share with you. If you liked Sister Grace Remington's painting of Mary and Eve that I talked about that was my one thing on our episode about motherhood, you would be happy to know that since the recording of this episode, we found out that the monastery where Sister Grace lives sells copies of the image as well as candy to support their work. So if you like the image and y'all want to support them, I would highly recommend it. You can find their information and the painting and everything else on monasterycandy.com. That's monasterycandy.com. And we have included the link on our website. So thank you so much. And thank you for all your support of their work. God bless you. Wow. that's You just dropped two things that I did not know in that last sentence. Pairs what? represent the love of Christ mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. word solicitude. Never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. <laughs> I'll send you some fish tacos. <laughs> oh, dear friends, thank you for joining us this week. If you enjoyed our episode, would you please pass it on to a friend? You can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a review. You can find us on abidingtogetherpodcast.com and click on an icon for any of the episodes and you can find discussion questions and links uh, to all of our one things. And we are so glad that you're on the journey with us. We've enjoyed our time with you. Um, happy Mother's Day and God bless you all. Until next time, we will be abiding together. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.